everyone. Welcome to episode two of the Dueling Reds podcast. Joining me once again, my co-host Matt Friello. Jello, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's been a beautiful last few days in the Midwest, minus the 100 mile an hour winds of over the last few days. So doing good, feeling safe. Hope you've been staying safe as well. Yeah, we, we had some scenes in my house. We had a uh, I live on a farm. We got some animals that got, got out, so I had to go rally them up while the winds were coming in. But other than that, kind of disappointed in the storm. But you know what? That's okay. So, uh, so yeah, big big week this week in uh, in uh, European competitions. I'd say. I guess we could start off with um, Manchester United's game against Copenhagen. That was on Monday afternoon. Uh, right now, I'm. I recorded my reactions to that game after the game happened, so I it's a little it was a little more fresh, a little more kind of in depth, I guess. Bang on reaction, a little more, uh, yeah, a little more authentic reactions, I guess. Maybe an hour after the game ended, so you'll probably hear a little bit of a cut in this here, but yeah. Um, should be about a 20 minute review or so if you don't really care about it feel free to skip ahead if if you want to hear my yeah, thoughts you, you, you won't be hearing my beautiful voice for the next yeah. 20 minutes so if I you, want to, say, if you want to hear my thoughts on it or if you want to hear about the Juan Mata masterclass that happened feel free to listen the next 20 minutes or so if not feel free to skip ahead and we'll talk about things that maybe you're more interested in but you know what I think I think uh, it'd be good for you if if you're a non-Manchester United fan to listen to what I have to say, maybe I can help educate you a little bit on what I have to watch every week, pretty much. So there's some good, there's some bad. And uh, yep. So right now you'll be listening to the, my reaction to that game, one nail win against Copenhagen. Hello everyone. This is Matt. Uh, from one half of the Julian Reds. I'm just coming in here to talk a little bit about after that uh, Manchester United-Copenhagen game in the Europa League quarterfinals. Manchester United win that game. Needed extra time to do it. 1-0. Thanks to a Bruno Fernandes pen- penalty in uh, the first half of extra time. And I just kind of wanted to do uh, discuss the performance as a whole and some of the players' performances well, the game's still fresh in my mind. It's about an hour after the game is finished. It gave me a little bit of time to read some thoughts of people either on Twitter or see what they have to say or just read a little bit of, or read a little bit of analysis by uh, either some journalists or other stuff like that. Have to have the time to even just kind of just enjoy a win in quarterfinal stage just a little bit. So, uh, I mean, overall, Manchester United didn't play that great in the first half. Not, I mean, didn't play that great at all. I mean, they started to turn it on a little bit after the drinks break and into halftime. If the first half was 55 minutes long instead of 45 minutes long, I think we would have scored. Greenwood hit, hit the post, uh, hit the post on the shot went in, but it was ruled out for offsides. Um, other than that, lackluster. Everyone just seemed to be a step behind everyone or not step behind either just not just not really comfortable on the ball I guess just sometimes just heavy touches here or there just linking linking up link up play wasn't that great 
between players that you would expect Link up play to be great with. Um, but going into second half, I mean, took, we started it off a little – it was a little better in the second half. Just really started to turn it on around the 70-minute mark to the end of the second half. And, I mean, it looked like we shouldn't score. We hit the post a couple of times. Um, Greenwood hit the post again. Rashford had a tap and others rolled out for an offsides after Greenwood hit the post. Bruno hit the post. He had another shot saved. Marshall had a shot saved. Pogba had a shot saved. I mean, we had some good opportunities. The keeper for Copenhagen had an outstanding game. I think he had like 13 saves. So it wasn't like we weren't getting opportunities. It was just a little bit of bad luck, either by hitting the post or just the keepers just making good saves. So sometimes you have games like that. Luckily, we had extra time to kind of keep chipping away, keep fighting, find a winner. We got that um, winner when uh, Anthony Martial won a penalty, set up by Juan Mata, who came in on at the start of extra time. And usually Juan Mata doesn't provide much at this stage of his career for us, but today was perfect, was the perfect game and probably the only and perfect scenario to bring Juan Mata on. A game against a lower level competition where the team is, where the other team is sitting back and you can just kind of sit at the edge of the box or just sit in little pockets of space in the attack in third and just kind of move the ball around and kind of dictate play a little bit. And that's exactly what he did. He just came on and made an instant impact, created chances right away. Martial, him and Martial were one-twos, just devastating. And in the end, it ended up uh, getting a penalty. Bruno put it away, as he does. Yeah, there'll be shots for Bruno. Penendez, Penchester United. Well, we're semifinalists in the Europa League. We'll take it. I'll take a penalty all day. I mean, it was, it was a penalty. It wasn't like it was a soft penalty. I mean, it wasn't the most egregious foul in the box ever, but, I mean, it's still foul. I mean, I can't really say anything other than that. And then we could have had the opportunity to score maybe another goal, but uh, we just held on, won the game, moving on. And we'll find out who we're playing in the semifinals because I'm recording this, you know, before the Wolves-Sevilla game. That'll be an interesting game. And uh, definitely be tuned in into that, kind of just seeing what to expect. I mean, I know all about Wolves because United have played Wolves what feels like 700 times in the last two or three years. But Sevilla, don't know that much about them, but – I know they're, they're a dangerous team. Another team you can't take lightly, and that they could easily upset us. I mean, last time we played Sevilla was in the Champions League and a couple of years ago, and uh, they knocked us out. So hopefully we can get a little revenge on that if we end up playing them. But, I mean, I, if I had to pick a team right now to play, I'd probably prefer Wolves just because it's just familiarity. It'd pretty much just be a Premier League game. I mean, our players – suited to that. We're familiar with them. I mean, maybe it works against us. They're familiar with us as well, but I don't know. I mean, we're in a one-off game. Anything can happen, and honestly, it doesn't really matter who we play. We'll just take whoever is in front of us. Uh, but I do want to talk about some of the performances that I just kind of want to highlight. I'll just go through the starting 11 real quick. Sergio Romero, I mean, didn't really have anything to do today. He's fine. Didn't have anything to do. The center backs, Eric B. 
and Harry Maguire, solid. Little bit, um, Eric Bay, a little uh, one instance the first half. Him and Fred had a little bit of a nervy moment there. Fred gave, gave away the ball, I believe. And then Eric Bay just kind of got put on his backside of the box, but luckily we were able to get the ball out of there. Paul Pogba doing defensive work in the back, getting that ball out of there, and we were able to survive. But otherwise, Harry Maguire, Eric Bay were fine. They're solid. Nothing, nothing too extreme, but nothing crazy like that would be any cause of for concern. Lindelof came out. I think Lindelof performed a little bit better than Eric Bay. He came out around the semi-minute mark because Eric Bay got a yellow card. Um, yeah, Lindelof was probably a little bit better, but I mean, Barry Bay was fine. McGuire was fine. Wambasaka was good defensively going forward. Maybe I don't know what he needs to work on. He, he I, we've seen him. I mean, it's not Trent Alexander-Arnold levels of going forward, but we've seen him be able to go forward and provide good service into the box and have good link-up play on the right side. I just haven't seen that in a couple last couple of games. So hopefully it's something we can figure out, or hopefully it's just not – it doesn't really affect us going forward in these – coming up in the semifinal, hopefully the final that we, we should hopefully be in. So hopefully in these next one, maybe hopefully two games – Wampasaki can figure it out or we can work around it or something. Brandon Williams today. I really like Brandon Williams as a backup, though. Um, just got – just think he got, he got beat by the same cutback move like three or four times. Every time he goes to ground in the box, like can make a tackle. It's the complete opposite of Aaron Wampasaki. Aaron Wampasaki, you just – every time he goes down, you know he's getting the ball. Brandon Williams, I was thinking he was going to give up two two or three penalties, but didn't give up any penalties. I mean, he did get – didn't have the greatest game going forward. He didn't really work with Rashford that well either, which kind of led to Rashford not having that good of a game. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. In the midfield, Fred was solid. I think he didn't really deserve to come off. He came over in the seventh minute on Maddich. Like I said, he had that one little mistake. But, I mean, he was fine. Nothing – it wasn't like the Fred of – March or April, or not April, of February and March and January, but he was still pretty solid. Mattis, when he came out, he was, he was pretty much like, like for like. He didn't really notice the difference. Uh, Paul Pogba today was probably just as solid as you can be without being, like, unbelievable. I mean, those are the performances you expect from Paul Pogba. I mean, he... You are going to expect those games where he comes out and shows he's one of the best midfielders in the world, but he needs to have games like these consistently. Like, this should be the bare minimum for Paul Pogba. He was winning headers. He was doing his defensive work. He was spraying passes all over the place. He was looking good in the attacking third, too. Maybe a little unlucky, unlucky not to get in a goal, not to get an assist or maybe even a goal, but he was good today. I mean, I have no complaints. He looked very good today. Um... Bruno, very poor in the first half. Second half, a little bit better. And then, I mean, he got us the winner in extra time. So, I mean, it just shows that, I mean, he's a stat patter in the best way possible. Um, I mean, he, when he steps up to the spot, you know it's going in. I mean, I, if it's Rashford stepping up, a little nervous. Pogba maybe stepping up to the spot, maybe a little nervous, but Bruno steps up to the penalty spot. I'm pretty much counting that as a goal already. So, 
gets us the winner. I mean, that guy is just um, wonders for us. So I'm not going to be too harsh on him for having a bad first half. I mean, he was able to play through it and it was able to play well enough in the second half and good enough in extra time for us to get, get a win. Uh, the front three, Rashford, not very good today. I don't know what it is. He's just maybe coming back from in- injury, maybe just a little bit bad form. No Luke Shaw making overlapping runs on the left-hand side. He's just not having the same. I mean, when Luke Shaw is out in there, Rashford's play suffers as well. As well. So maybe that's a, a component, but he's also – his passing wasn't the greatest today. His decision-making wasn't the greatest either, but – that's what I mean. Rashford is a streaky player. Of all the the starting eleven, Rashford is definitely the streakiest of players. So hopefully he just gets past his little bad run form and hopefully can just score like a hat trick or something in the semifinals or something. I don't know. But I mean it just wasn't the, it wasn't his day. He got taken off for Jesse Lingard an extra time, which is a good sub. He was looking tired too. So yeah, he wasn't a great day for him. Mason Greenwood. Didn't have much to do, but, like, when he gets a chance, he had one goal disallowed for offsides. He had another one that hit, just hit the post and just bounced off, and then Rashford tapped it in, but he was offsides. But, yeah, I mean, Green was definitely the most dangerous finisher on our team, and every time he gets a chance, you just feel like the, he, uh, the keeper's either going to have to save or it's going to go in. And the keeper got lucky with the post a couple times, and he got lucky with the offsides call, which was a, the correct decision, but – yeah, I mean, Greenwood looked good. Got taken off after 90 minutes for Juan Mata, who Juan Mata came on and just was an instant impact. It was something I wasn't expecting, but I was very, very happy to see. I mean, doesn't mean I want Juan Mata to be playing extreme high amount of minutes. I mean, it's not what I want to see happening. But, like, in games like these, you need somebody with a little bit of creativity, a little bit of experience. The other team's really tired, too. So if you put on fresh Juan Mata, it's a tired team that's not as high quality, that's looking to defend and kind of keep their shape. I mean, he's the perfect player to bring it on. So, And he does play a little bit better when he plays with the better players. When he's playing with, like, the backups and the guys on the bench, you can you can you see his age. You see kind of just he's lost his step. But when he's playing, when he's playing with our better players, he does look a lot better. But, yeah, Juan Mata is really good, too. Um Anthony Martial, quiet for 70 minutes, but after that, he was world-class. Just – he made some runs that if he would have finished off those goals, could have been goals goals of the season. It was just unbelievable runs he was making, and he was linking up Juan Mata an extra time, wins the penalty. He was, fan, he was phenomenal after the 70-minute mark and just probably my man of the match, to be honest. He's just been our best player. Probably since. I mean, I'll be I'll probably since the restart. He's probably been our best player. When you take into account every single game, I mean, there's definitely been games where Bruno has been far away the best player in the field, or Greenwood's been man of the match, or whatever. But I'm pretty sure Martial's probably been the most consistent performer since the restart. So enjoyed his. I love watching him play. Definitely one of my favorite players, and uh, and he he deserved he deserved at least a goal today, if not two. So uh, yeah, he 
he's gonna be looking to be scored on on Sunday. So I can't wait for for the semifinal. It's gonna be a good game. Whoever we get, it's gonna be a tough game too. I mean, we had to get through this game. In the end, it doesn't matter how you get through. I mean, I wish we could have just won it in 90 minutes, won it maybe like 2 nothing or something like that. But, you know, it's a win to win at this point or at this stage of the competition. So, you'll take it. I'll take it. And I'm um, definitely looking forward to Sunday, though. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, if I had to give him kind of a rating, maybe like a 6 out of 10 for me. Got the substitutions right. Um, I mean, Matic for Fred was a little weird just because I don't think Fred needed to be taken off. Bay coming off for Lindelof, probably a good move because Bay had a yellow. McGuire had a yellow. You can't have both your center backs to, with each yellow piece with in a knockout stage game where winner or loser goes home. So, yeah. And then Juan Mata, I think he, he, I think he put him up. I think put Juan Mata on for the wrong person. I think he should have kept Greenwood on, but I'm taking Rashford off. But in the end, it doesn't matter. It was a good substitution, but Wamata made a difference. Um, yeah, Lingard came on for Rashford. He had a half chance to maybe get a half chance off a free kick. He just dribbled it all the way down. It just kind of got sandwiched by two Copenhagen defenders. But, I mean, you need somebody to do those kind of, kind of things at the end of the game when you're trying to see out a game. And the only other stuff is Scott McTominay from Martial just to see, just to waste a little bit of time. But overall, pretty decent game from him. I didn't have any issues with tactics or anything like that. I just think the players just didn't perform up to their highest standards today. And some players did perform well, guys like Pogba, uh, Martial after 70 minutes, Mamado when he came on, Greenwood. Bruno had his moments in the second half. Fred, I think, was decent. Back the center backs were fine. I mean, yeah, I, I was just gonna say it wasn't the greatest performance. I mean, but you you know you take wins like that and uh, in knockout stages and especially in the quarterfinal, and it gives you a chance to go to the semifinal. I mean, it means you're one game away from the final, two games away from winning the trophy. So, I mean, that was the goal when you're in the Europa League. I mean, like I've said before, it's not it's not where you want to be, but I mean, if you're gonna be in the tournament, you might as well just go out and win it and uh, luckily for us we can kind of play without the pressure of having to win the, the Europa League to go to the Champions League since we already have that locked up so we're kind of just playing house money but then in the end it, maybe not I mean we probably one of the favorites to win the tournament but Inter Milan looked good today too they're moving on as well they'll be playing Getafe no Basel or uh, Shakhtar Donetsk so I would expect Inter Milan to move on to the finals from that, and uh, where you have to await the winner of Wolves and Sevilla. So that'll be a good game on Sunday. People should definitely turn into that if you're not doing anything else. But it's on CBS All Access if you have a subscription for it, or if not, maybe just get a free trial or something. I don't know. It's five bucks a month, I think. I mean, I mean, people use Reddit streams or whatever. I just not a big fan of that just because I just want to know that the stream's going to work all throughout the game and be as live as possible, highest quality as possible. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But also it shows today that we need more depth coming off the bench because when you guys have players, like the first 70 minutes, um, you would, you'd, other teams would be making attacking substitutions while we're bringing on a center back and a defensive midfielder. 
we need guys like Sancho to be confirmed. Yes, we know. Dortmund of saying that he's going to stay next season. It's, this transfer saga is going to be going on for a while, so it's not the end of the saga. I mean, maybe Sancho will stay. Maybe he'll come to United. It's just it's, we'll have to wait and see. It's up to Manchester United, really, to just pay the money. And to be honest, I don't know why they wouldn't. All Gunnar Solskjaer has got to be saying, we need a player like this to be coming to the team because if you have a guy like Sancho, you can have a player like Greenwood or, Mar- or Rashford on the bench. I mean, I don't see Martial. Martial needs to start every game. But if you have Sancho on the team, you either have Greenwood Mar- or Rashford or even Sancho coming in off the bench and replacing a guy like Rashford today who was not who was not his best. So, And it, the game also shows we need another left-footed defender with Luke Shaw out. I mean, by Brandon Williams, but I think he's too right-footed to play left-back at a high, high level. He can do a job there, but he's having a little drop in form too. So we, he's kind of getting exposed a little bit. But And especially going forward, it's just been really, really disappointing. We just didn't have much width today. And, uh, yeah, a guy like Sancho coming in, a left-footed defender, especially like a left back, to have cover for Luke Shaw until he's back so we can just go down the left hand and right-hand side. Like a guy like Sancho will help out a guy like Juan Basaka too. So hopefully, I mean, Edward Word and the board and the owners are looking at this game saying, and they're listening to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer when he's saying that we need these players to take the next step to go up to the next level because – I mean, if we play like this on Sunday against Sevilla or Wolves, we're not going to win. So, but you know what? We just you just have to play the game that's in front of you. We won the game today. That's all that matters. And I'm looking forward to next Sunday. And uh, whoever it is, I'm hoping for a good game. I'm hoping for a better game for Manchester United. But I still I still like our chances moving on. I mean, there we were at like third gear today. We could. We can go up a couple, several, a few more gears here and really really show uh, other teams what our attacking quality is about because it's been a couple games now since we've really seen kind of the free-flowing attack that we've seen against, like, Sheffield United after the restart, Brighton, Bournemouth, and, uh, you know, games like that where you're scoring three goals here and there, creating chances, just free-flowing. Just look like you're a threat to score every time you get into the attacking third. Today it looks a little bit lethargic at times, and hopefully, just have get just get some rest. We just maybe get a little bit of nerves out of the way and just get ready for Sunday. So I'm ready for it, and uh, let's get it. So I hope you enjoyed the my recap. If you listened to it on that one nil win for Manchester United against Copenhagen. Yeah, like I hope I said, you guys enjoyed it too. I mean, I hope you listened to it. I mean, you know what? Go into a little bit of detail. Get to talk about each of the players a little bit about the performances. So hopefully if you agree with me just or if you disagree with me on some of these opinions or on these performances, let me know because I'd love a nice debate or whatever. But Yeah, hit us up. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter with any opinions you got at the Dueling Reds podcast. We're active. We're, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we're at, ready for it. At Dueling Reds on Twitter, so just we need some followers. I think we're at we're I mean episode two, we have thirteen followers. So if we gain seven and a half followers per episode, I mean honestly, 
hopefully that'll grow hey. exponentially throughout the episodes but that's more yeah. followers than i've had on twitch in like three weeks of streaming so hey, hey we'll take it hey follow me on my twitch too so uh, I guess we'll move on to get out of Europa. Actually, we'll touch on the other Europa League game. Manchester, that, uh, well, the one that I watched, Sevilla Wolves. Long story short, really boring game. Wolves parked the bus. Raul Jimenez. Classic Wolves. Raul Jimenez missed an early penalty. So everyone that complains about Manchester United being pen merchants, at least we finish them. Wolves couldn't finish third penalties. Um, Sevilla get a late winner, thank God, because extra time would have been absolutely brutal. Inter Milan beat uh, Bayer Leverkusen 2-1. Kai Havertz, probably his last game for Leverkusen. So, uh, yeah, so Inter Milan to the semifinals. And Schechter did not beat Basel 2 or 3 nil. I don't remember, but they're going to move on to play Inter Milan in the semis. So, yeah, I think I think we got our predictions right, except for the Wolves game. I thought Wolves were going to win, but Sevilla definitely deserved to win that game. Uh, moving on to the last bit of the um, round of 16 Champions League matches. We'll start with Manchester City and Real Madrid, pretty much. Oh, boy. Pretty much. Rafael Varane just handed Man City just two goals on a plate to get yeah. Manchester City to move on to the quarterfinals with a nice 4-2 win on the aggregate. And yeah. uh, Pep beat Zinedine Zidane in the battle of the bald managers. <laughs> Did you uh, want to add anything to that? I mean, yeah, you definitely you definitely touched on it. The battle of the baldies, uh, you know, two guys, you know, pretty storied playing careers, also trying to get into their pretty storied managerial careers. Both of them have gotten pretty serious taste of success. But aside from that, uh, yeah, what you said, Rafael Varane, absolute shocker of a game. Uh, he's one of the best center backs in the world, and for good reason. But he did not show that against Manchester City. And if you're playing against a team that's as sharp as Manchester City, who I said last week is, in my opinion, going to win the, the, the tournament, you got to be sharper than that. And I think it was a big, big blow to Real Madrid's confidence. But, you know... It is what it is. That's the beautiful game. So, yeah. so it's, how it is sometimes. Zidane had, did win three Champions Leagues in a row with Real Madrid. This is his first taste of of a failure, I guess. I mean, Real Madrid did not look sharp going forward, and you're just thinking, there's a guy sitting on your bench in the reserves just making an insane amount of money that has won you a Champions League final before named Gareth Bale just – going golfing and uh they just can't figure out a way to get him on the field just that relationship's pretty much severed he's just gonna be collecting a paycheck for the rest of his time there, yeah so. i mean for him it's it's golf or it's wales and then it's golf and then it's madrid like he yeah. just straight up does not care about the club aspect he's an absolute legend in international play but for him <laughs> so, you know what so gareth bale get your you know? get your bag man get your bag I mean, I, I he's can't. Bobby Bonilla. Bobby I can't, Bonilla I, of Real Madrid. I just can't believe he just doesn't play. I mean, he's just so good. But like, I, obviously, he he's not rated by Zidane, so he's just stuck stuck on the bench, I guess. But I think he's okay with it. He's just fooling around, enjoying his life, man. Joking around on the bench, but uh, yeah, we'll move on, move on to another game though. Um, Barca Napoli. Speaking of bad center back performances by top class center backs. Kaladu Koulibaly, not the greatest game for him, but but also Barcelona with a with uh, 
with another dominant typical, typical Lionel Messi masterclass. I mean, they went three one on that. Yeah, one. They're moving just on. absolutely dominant from Barcelona. Um, we were watching the game together at least the first half, and it was just it was total football. Napoli had nothing going forwards. They had, you know, obviously the struggles at the back. Koulibaly made a few mistakes. They just kept leaving their keeper out to dry. And when you're going up against Lionel Messi, Luis Suarez, you know, Barcelona, you can't be doing that. And if you're going to do that, it's an easy recipe for failure. And with Napoli playing that badly, not surprised to see the result the way it is. Yeah, it was a disappointing performance for Napoli, but honestly, I wanted Barcelona to win. I want to see Lionel Messi go as far in the tournament. And if we're not going to have Cristiano Ronaldo in the tournament either, as we'll move on to that game right now, too. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo, he was carrying his team. Messi was carrying his team a little bit, but Ronaldo was carrying his team. But a shocking uh, performance by the referee in that game of in my opinion, he gave away two very suspect penalties, one for each team. And in the end, that kind that pretty much costs uh, Juventus because Leon, they get that pen, they get that goal on the penalty. And uh, so they, they lose the game two one, but they move on on aggregate. Um, they move on, on or they move on an aggregate two, two, but they move on because of an away goal. So, it was a bad penalty to give up. It was a, a handball that wasn't a handball. And if I was thinking of the, I think it might have been the Juventus penalty, actually. But it was a soft, actually, it was a soft foul in the box. That, it wasn't even a foul. It was a perfectly fine tackle. And then they just, I don't know, the referee had a bad, two bad mistakes. But Ronaldo tapped, tapped in a penalty, and he also had a scream, wrote the left foot, too. So, I mean, Ronaldo did all he could, but Juventus and his uh, sorry's last game as manager as well. So, I mean, I'm disappointed for Juventus. I mean, yes, they won Serie A, but they didn't play as well as people expected. And a round of 16 exit in the Champions League is just not what you want to see. Yeah, I mean, I mean tough. it was a tough, tough, it was a tough was, way to go out for Juventus, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely brutal for Juventus. Um, aside from Ronaldo, who had a typical Ronaldo in the Champions League game, uh, Juventus was completely invisible that game. Absolutely underwhelming. They were pretty much a one-man team still. You know, the, you said the penalty decisions were suspect, and they were. But the quality that Juventus, you know, has and expects from their players just wasn't there. And, you know, I actually, as, you know, many, many, many people do, as most of, you know, fans of the sport do follow Ronaldo on Instagram and I actually noticed this one of his posts from when they got knocked out he says you know winning the Serie A is something that we're proud of but the fans demand more from us they expect the success in European competition and he's excited to get back to play after this short break so it looks like Ronaldo and Juventus are once again hoping to come out swinging and avoid an early exit or not an early exit, but an earlier than expected exit. Yeah, I mean, next season will be interesting for them because they're going the route that a lot of teams, a lot of big teams are going recently with hiring a club legend as manager, Andrea Pirlo, stepping in as the new manager. We'll see how that goes. There's also rumors, I mean, I don't know how credible they are, but there was a, there's there's rumblings of uh, PSG maybe be, maybe be interested in Cristiano Ronaldo. And uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't I would take that with a grain, maybe a tub of salt, but just things yeah, to think about. Some, I mean, 
absolute rumblings. I mean, there's just always there's always rumblings about Ronaldo, but I see him staying again at Juventus. And I guess we could touch on Bayern Munich beat Chelsea four one. They move on similar on an aggregate. Nothing really to say there. No that, surprises here. That was that was decided before that second leg even happened. But I want to go back to the mistakes Veron and Koulibaly made. I mean, I, only for a brief second, but I can only imagine what Twitter would have been like if Harry Maguire was making those mistakes. So, oh, I'm just saying. Virgil yeah, Van yeah. Dyke. Imagine Van Dyke making mistakes. Well, like Van Dyke's that. not making mistakes like that. But, I mean, Harry Maguire, he, I mean, every little mistake he has is just amplified to the highest degree. So, I'm just saying, I mean, like, even the best center backs in the world, I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying Harry Maguire is in the top five or top ten center backs in the world, but he's still a pretty good center back. I'm just saying, yeah, even, the best, sure. even, even if the best center, even the best center backs in the world make mistakes and have bad days. So, next time you see Harry Maguire maybe get nutmegged in the box, you know what, how about you just relax a little bit? I mean, at least he didn't give away two <laughs> goals to Man City in the Champions League. And, uh, yeah, I mean – yeah, I I, I, I just don't even I don't even want to Sorry. think I don't even want to think about what would have happened if Maguire did that. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, what yeah, were we gonna say? Dude. Do you wanna you wanna touch on this last game that happened today at Atlanta versus PSG? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was about I, to I got some I got some words I got okay. some words for this one. All right, let's hear uh, it. You know, Atalanta is a team that I really like to watch play. They, you know, they really let loose with their play style when they're when they got their then when they got their full strength team when they got their best eleven out there, like they're going at you. They're not going to fall or stay away from anyone. They're going to come at you as hard as they possibly can. And they put that pressure on in the first you know fifteen twenty minutes of the game and got an early goal, which really put PSG in the panic mode. PSG really weren't any, weren't getting anything going forward, excuse me. And all that they really had going forward was Neymar. And to be fair, Neymar had an absolutely dominant performance today. He was putting the ball through defenders' legs. They had a nutmeg count on the stream that I was watching. The announcers were counting the amount of megs that happened. He was absolutely bamboozling defenders. He just couldn't put the ball in the net. And he didn't have anyone supporting him. It was pretty much a one-man show for PSG until they subbed in Mbappe in like probably the 65th minute which was Once a surprise him me. in I I mean I was yeah. surprised when he got subbed in when he was declared fit but I didn't think he was going to be fit like I thought he was going to be out for yeah the whole tournament or out for maybe not this game but yeah I was glad he was able He's... to play because he came on and just PSG just you just couldn't see completely it. different team not scoring I mean at Atlanta almost Almost got there in the end. I mean, giving up a 90th minute equalizer and then giving up a winner in stoppage time. I mean, it's a brutal way to go out, but they missed yeah, chances I mean, on the other end too. So it's if they could have put they some definitely, of those away, they could have put this game beyond doubt. But yeah, PSG deserved to win this game. I'm disappointed at Atlanta going out because I think of all the teams left, they would have been the dark horse team that a lot of people would have been cheering for just because they're just not they're not the powerhouse that people are used to seeing and going far in these tournaments so yeah it was a disappointing and, exit for them cool. but they they I think there was a fair result in the end yeah uh definitely with this game I I watched the whole thing uh was pretty involved with you know like I really was into the game it was a very entertaining low like low scoring I'd say game there were a lot of chances lots of you know interesting things going on 
but some but once PSG got that equalizer goal, not the second one, but the equalizer, I knew it was game over because Atalanta had already subbed off every offensive player on the field and had gone complete park the bus. They had nothing going forward. The main threat that they had going forward got subbed off in like the 70th minute and then another one in probably the 80th, and they had just no chance. Their defense, you know, was playing really well and pretty organized against, you know, a very powerful PSG attack, uh, especially uh, Hatabor, the right back. He was really impressive today, in my opinion. Uh, can't say much else, though, on, like, individual efforts for Atalanta defensively. They were, like, I think they had, like, seven yellow cards today, too. So they were going to be in bad shape if they ended up pulling through as well. But other than that, uh, pretty disappointing to see, but expected from PSG to get that result. Yeah, I mean, it, for the star value of the Champions League, you want the superstars to be moving on as deep as possible. So it was probably, I mean, especially if you're a TV station or a or uh, whatever that hosts or streams uh, Champions League games, you want to have the big names moving on. And, uh, yeah, you're going to see Neymar and Mbappe and Di Maria will be back. He was suspended for today, so he'll be back for the next game too. So they're just going to be – they're going to be stronger next game as well. So I can see Mbappe playing – even starting next game or playing more minutes just because – he didn't look injured at all today. He looked amazing. So he was an insane. So good. Yeah. So that was that was today, Wednesday, August twelfth. Tomorrow we got the thirteenth. We got RB Leipzig versus Atletico. I can just see the, this being a snooze fest. You got Simeone parking the bus. You got Leipzig with no Werner. Uh, it's got one nil written all over it. Honestly, just I'll watch the game, but it'll be it'll be a tough one to get through. I think. But. Yeah. It's definitely going to be a midfield battle for sure. I agree with you on the whole snooze fest thing. Uh, I definitely don't see there being more than two goals in this game. I'll be very surprised if there are. Uh, I really do like RB Leipzig. I like the way they play. I like their style. I like how they're hated by everyone. You know, kind of reminds me of my own team. Yeah, but uh, I mean they're kind of like the Manchester City of and like the PSG. Yeah, they they're just complete money fiends. Uh, yeah, they're new money. But sadly, uh, Atletico most likely going to be moving on here from what I see. I think they're just going to snag a quick goal, maybe, I don't know, like a few minutes in and then just park it super hard, and then they're just going to move on. Snooze fest. Yeah, yeah, we'll move on to the to the, to the, premier, the premier game of the weekend. Barcelona versus Bayern Munich. I mean, I don't even know what to expect. I just am hoping for – a great game. Like, if this game isn't an all-time classic, I'll be disappointed. But it's got the makings for it. I mean, you got two just legendary clubs. You got two – you got legends all over the pitch. It's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to this one. Absolute clash of the Titans, heavyweight matchup. I'm thinking at least – I'm thinking the opposite of RB Leipzig versus Atletico. I think there's gonna it's gonna be a shootout. Got some of the best goal scorers of all time on the field here. We got Big Bob, Robert Lewandowski, we got Messi, we got Suarez, we got, you know, the usual suspects for these Thomas teams Mueller. that are just known. Yeah, Thomas yeah. Mueller. There's so many people that are just weapons going forward. Antoine Griezmann as well. I mean, I always yeah. forget Griezmann's on the team, but he's just just some of the most two of the most exciting teams to watch in the world known for just playing dominating styles of the game and I cannot wait for this matchup 
in terms of predictions, I got Bayern. I, I think Lewandowski's going to go nuts. Yeah, I got. I think Bayern's going to probably get by this one just because I think their team's a little stronger than Barcelona as a whole. But I mean, Barcelona's got the greatest player of all time, Lionel you know, Messi. Just that is true. You can never count him out. He said that he's bringing the Champions League back to camp now, and he hasn't done that yet ever, ever since he said that statement. So I saw a tweet that says, all men do be his 5'7 and lie, and that was a picture of Messi <laughs> just saying that. <laughs> saying the Champions League, League, League is coming back. He's coming back. So, I mean, he is like 5'7, so hopefully he's not a liar too, or else he's really going to be exposed by a yeah, thought. Well, he lied, he lied about paying his taxes. So. Well. Every, every yeah, I mean, that's okay. That, I mean, so. that's okay. It's messy. He can do <laughs> we'll whatever. Take, we'll let it slide. We'll then let the, slide. Last, the last uh, Champions League quarterfinal game coming up was Manchester City versus Leon. <sighs> Manchester City was winning this one. I mean, I'm just looking. Leon's form, four losses in a row in their last five games. So, And that includes only one game, I think, in the last, like, two months. Or yeah, I guess I mean, or in last yeah, they've only played twice in the last two months. So yeah, it's gonna be bad. I think. I mean, Memphis Depay, Moussa Dembélé, maybe they can create a goal against a shaky Manchester City defense at times. But just that high press, the possession, heavy high possession game that Manchester City play, I think it's gonna be too much for Leon, especially just. Just the star power on Manchester City. I just don't see them going up. Yeah, uh, like you said, uh, Memphis Depay, Dembele, like if they can put a goal together, that would be awesome. But I just don't see it happening. Um, said it before, said it again. I'll say it again. I think Man City's winning this tournament. Uh, it hurts me to say it. Uh, something that stuck out to me from the game against Real that we didn't touch on earlier about Man City was how effective – Phil Foden was at just being a disruptor in that like center forward like nine rule false nine they moved in the, yeah. yeah like he was he was all over the place and he's been getting better and better every game if they start him in that role again for this game against Leon I'm expecting him to get some serious fireworks out he's he's a really really bright young talent and he's looking to – he's showing a lot of promise. I think he's going to have himself a big game against this Leon defense. Yeah, I mean, I hope Phil Foden does have a good game. I hope Manchester City loses, actually, but – yeah. I mean, probably, so do I. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm going to I'm, – that's who I'm going to focus on, though, the most is Phil Foden just because – I don't know, I'm just, I'm just seeing some incredible takes being said on Twitter, so I'm going to have to do some research by watching them. Yeah. I, was, I, I at was the beginning playing. of the season – oh, sorry. I, sorry for cutting you off there. but uh, no, no, at the beginning I mean, of the season, I was pretty much over. Yeah, it's all right. But uh, at the beginning of the season, I, you know, was a non-believer in this Phil Foden hype. And I wouldn't say I'm a believer yet in, like, the insane amounts of hype that he's been getting. I'm sure the stuff that you just referenced with the crazy stuff you've been hearing has definitely been a little outrageous. But, I've, you know, he's gotten – a lot of time to play with one of the best teams in the world and he's effective and Pep keeps choosing him and putting him into these high, like high pressure, you know, high importance games with the first team, like kid can play. He's really, really good. He's electric on the ball and he's dynamic. Uh, 
you know, he's going to be someone to look out for in the next few years, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, him and Mason Greenwood next year at the Euros is going to be unbelievable stuff. So it's going to be fun. I'm, I mean, I always cheer for England in the Euros and the World Cup. They're my oh, they're going to be they're, a fun they're, they're my team second, to watch. They're my second team in the World Cup, too. So, I mean, I only do it because there's just a lot of Premier League players. I'm familiar with a lot of them. So, yeah, I they're like cheering for them. It's going to be fun. Watch. And then my game of the week, Europa League semifinals, Manchester United versus Sevilla. This is going to be a tough game for Manchester United. I did say in my kind of recap that I think I wanted – I prefer Wolves to play against Wolves. But in reality, I do not want – I did not want to play against Wolves because it's just been a boring affair once again. And I, it, it makes me sick to my stomach when I see those gold jerseys walk out because I just know it's going to be a boring <laughs> game with just little to no chances for either team. So this game will be a little more – I think it will be a little more wide open, but – Sevilla are dangerous. They're, they can play with the ball very well. They can press you. They're, they finished fourth in La Liga. So they only had like six league losses on the year. So they're a good team. Manchester United, they need the, – what the key for Manchester United this game is they need to start fast. They need to start fast. They have had too many games recently where they've started slow. And they've – I mean, they've, they've they turned it on at, at the end of the game against Copenhagen. But Copenhagen is way inferior than the Sevilla side. And I know our good friend uh, Alex Intado will be very interested in this game. He's an Arsenal fan, Shout but out to Alex Intado, by he's the an way. Arsenal fan, but his family's from Sevilla, so he's also a Sevilla fan. Plus, we need revenge for just the, the most catastrophic performance I have ever seen in my life regarding team selection in the Champions League in uh, 2018. Manchester United played Sevilla in the Champions League. It was nil-nil after the first leg at Sevilla. Second leg at Old Trafford, Manchester United lost 2-1. We some Bedyarder scored twice in four minutes, made it 2-0, and Lukaku got a consolation. But uh, listen to this. Guess who was on the bench for Manchester United that game? Who could it be? Anthony Martial, Paul Pogba. I I want to say Marcus Rashford is on the bench for that game too. We had the likes of Marwan Fellaini and uh, Alexi Sanchez. Thank God he just left the club on a permanent deal in Milan. But yeah, that that was a game where most of the fan base is like, yeah, Jose Mourinho's finished. He's done. So hopefully Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can just be like, yeah, this is how we're supposed to be playing in Ole European Ole tournaments. is at the wheel. I'm actually looking at the lineup right now. Uh, for that game. I pulled it up. So it was a back line of Antonio Valencia, Eric Bailly, uh, Chris Smalling, and Ashley Young. You know, usual suspect, Matic in the center defensive midfield spot. Uh, Rashford's out there. You got Fellaini, Lukaku. Fellaini had to be in there. Oh, Fellaini was in there. And then think about it. You also had Lingardinho holding down the center. Yeah, Jesse the Lingard in 2018 or that season, he was decent. So I don't hear Hey, it. he was only like 26 that year, still young. Yeah, he's, he's still one of the brightest young talents in the game. So <laughs> I like Jesse Lingard. He's a good, he's a good person, I think. I mean, but yeah, I think his time's up at Manchester United, but. I'm also having nightmares that he could be staying too because the transfer window is – or the transfer dealings is just not great right now. But we'll get on to that. And then Inter Milan versus Shakhtar on Monday. 
I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to that game actually because I I don't really know much about Shakhtar and I think Inter Milan's gonna win that game, but I think it could, it'll be a good one. Oh, Shakhtar's gonna give them some trouble for sure. Uh, you know, they're not. You know, I I'm not going out of my way to watch Shakhtar play like ever. Well, really. I mean, if, from if, what I've heard, from what I've seen, they're gonna give them a run for their money. If Manchester United wins, I'm definitely watching this game just because I need, I need need to do some scouting, I guess, even though my scouting report will provide nothing to the team but it feels good to know what to expect if we fa- if we end up making it to the final so yeah that'll be I think that'll be a good game um, oh yeah for sure moving on I guess we'll talk a little bit about recent transfers not really much going on in the world of transfers but I guess we'll talk a little bit about our teams Liverpool did some business recently do you want to yes talk about we that? did we did do some business uh around 12 million Euros, pounds, don't really know the, uh, you know, European currency here, but we'll say 12 million cheap, units. We'll say it there. Deal. Cheap, cheap. From what I've heard from, uh, by the way, signing left back, Kostas Samikas. Uh, I know we from? talked Where's he about, from? he's from Greece, played for Olympiacos. Um, and, you know, we were talking about the Norwich left back, Jamal Lewis, last week. And it turns out that Norwich actually wanted about, 30 million for him or at least double of what we were asking which was way too much and people are saying about Costa Samikas I'll give you guys the quick rundown from what I've heard from you know Olympiacos fans that are all up in Liverpool's Twitter and the YouTube videos that I've seen of him and like the highlights of his Olympiacos stuff that he's done they're saying that this guy would be worth four times the amount of money if he was English they say that he's one of the best left backs in the world uh, I hold do on. not agree with hold that. Hold on. I do, hold, hold on. This is Olympiacos fans. In the I'm world, I mean, in, the, not, in their league, not. maybe. He is not one of the best left backs in the world because the man is straight up a wing back attacking. Like he, he is a 100% going forward. I'm going to overlap all the time wing back. He's got insane work rate, insane pace. And he fits that Liverpool mentality of just crossing the ball every single time he gets it. Do I think he's going to challenge Andy Robertson for the first team? Absolutely. I think he fits in the Klopp's play style absolutely. perfectly. Absolutely. I, I mean, I don't see Andy I think Robertson. He's absolutely. I absolutely think he's challenging Andy Robertson for the starting spot. Uh, obviously, I haven't. he hasn't played a game in a Liverpool shirt yet. So I really can't judge off of that. And I haven't, obviously, you know, I'm not watching Olympiacos, you know, every week in, week out. Uh, so I don't really know what the guy can do. But from what I've heard, from the stuff I've seen, the highlights, he's a, he's got a lot of skill set going forward. He's really confident on the ball. He can distribute. He can cross. Uh, defensively, needs some work, like in terms of his technique. But the work rate is there. He can run all day. He's in fantastic physical shape. And I'm excited because a backup left back or at least someone to challenge Robertson and, you know, push him for that, for that starting spot is a place that we really needed for Liverpool. And yeah, like I'm, I'm thrilled with this signing. I think I, I think it's a great piece of business and we spent 12 million on them. So can't be that bad. Yeah. I mean, if it turns out to be another cheap left back signing, that turns out to be a world-class player, it'll be just, you got to give props to Liverpool. They did the same with Andy Robertson from Hall for just less than 10 million. But I don't, I mean, I don't know much about him, but 
it's going to be tough for this place, Andy Robinson, anytime soon. I think Andy Robinson's probably the best left back in Europe. But if you have a promising young attacking left back coming in to back up, give Robertson a rest every once in a while, I think that's just exactly the kind of signing you need. Yeah, he's, so, he's better than James Milner in the backup spot. Yeah, and yeah. Also, right. like, I, I should clarify. I don't know if I clarified it enough already. I don't think he's going to start over Robertson anytime soon. I think he's going to be challenging him and giving him good competition for that position, though. I see him putting together some strong performances and at least making the fans aware that he is a world-class player. Or world supposedly cl- world-class. World class. Maybe, maybe has potential to be world-class, class. but world-class is he, little... he might have that potential to be special. Maybe an exciting prospect. You never know. Yeah, I mean, world-class might be a little, little too premature to give to him since, I mean, he is playing – he was in the – Olympiagos, but he did say he's probably worth a little bit more than what he actually paid for. But oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how they how they how it goes. I don't I don't know if the Carabao Cup's happening this year, but I'm sure he'll get games. It's time. happening behind actually it's happening behind closed doors. Liverpool and Arsenal are playing it. I don't know the exact date. I saw a tweet about it from the official the Carabao Liverpool Cup. account. Carabao Cup is happening. I think, hold on, or some, or that's the Community Shield or something. The Community something. Shield, yeah, that's probably, I mean, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure he'll get opportunities to play either coming off the bench or, uh, I don't know, maybe he'll get a start here and there. Yeah, but it's the yeah. Community Shield, correction on me, not the, not the Carabao Yeah, Cup, I was going to say, the Carabao Shield. Cup, I don't know if they're playing it this year just because the congestion of the schedule because of all the games they got to play plus the international games that they have to play as well. So he'll get us, he'll get some opportunities. So, yeah, I mean, I'll keep an eye out for him. I'll keep an eye out yeah, for him. Yeah, with you, tell me here. I got, a, I got a question for you here. What's going on with Jaden Sancho? Jaden Sancho, okay. Um, I was really confident it was going to happen very soon, last week. I'm still confident it's going to happen, but I think it's going to drag out. It's just classic Manchester United doing transfer business. I mean, it's the complete opposite of Liverpool. I mean, I saw the news they were going to get Jamal Lewis. He's going to be too expensive. And next thing I know, they, they signed this left back from Greece. It's like, that's how business should be done in the transfer window. But uh, the sporting director of Borussia Dortmund came out and said that um, Jaden Sancho, he expects him to be part of the team next season. And that's the end of the discussions. And uh, he also revealed that he, instead of having his contract run out in two years, his contract runs out in three years' time now. They low-key, I guess, uh, extended his contract by a year last year. So everyone was thinking, like, this is the summer Dortmund need to do business to get the most money for Jaden Sancho because next summer he'll just have one year left on his contract and people can offer less amount of money with fears that he could leave on a free in the year after. But with that additional year, that kind of goes out the window. He'll be worth he, he'll be worth the same or even more next summer. But the thing is, uh, the sporting director for Borussia Dortmund said the same thing about Osman Dembele when he yeah, I was him, about to bring that up. When they sold him, they're like, yeah, he's staying, he's not going anywhere. And then a couple of weeks later, um, he was sold to Barcelona. So I'm still confident this deal is going to be done. Personal terms have been agreed with Jaden Sancho between Manchester United and the player and his agent. Uh, that's according to guys like Fabrizio Romano, Christian Falk, and this other guy, Jan Agafortov or something like that. It's a, it's a Norwegian international that does journalism work in German Germany now. So they're saying that personal terms are agreed and that Jaden Sancho does want to come to Manchester United. But 
it's just really down to Manchester United paying the money. Man, I think um, Borussia Dortmund want 120 million euros, and they said they would accept it over three years' time. But I think they want the first initial payment this summer to be at least 80 to 100 million euros. And I think the most recent uh, offer that Edward Word made, who's the kind of the CEO, I guess, of Manchester United. He's involved. He's the guy in, involved with the transfers or in charge of the transfers. So I, I guess he was offering like 60 million. And then he also tried to like read, I think they agreed on like terms to like for a deal. And then he tried to renegotiate again. So, I mean, Edward Bird, I've had my issues with him in the past. He's not, he's awful at, in the transfer window because we don't have a director of football who is usually in charge of transfers of transfer business in and out, ins and outs and stuff like that. But this guy is a banker pretty much like he's really good at the commercial side of things. Like we get some of the, we get like the highest like sponsorship deals like in the world. So he makes his money. One of the most recognizable kids in the world. Yeah. Yeah. we, We make money easily with that stuff, but it just comes down to, as of right now, it pretty much just comes down to Manchester United paying the money. And I don't know what's stopping them from doing that. I mean, hopefully the pressure kind of grows on them because they've had some good PR recently in this last, ever since Bruno came in throughout to the end of the season. Like, and then, been, and then Rashford's whole thing. That's all that, good PR too. Yes. Yeah, I mean, they've, the club's been doing really good in terms of like on the field and off the field and pre on stuff. But if they don't sign Jaden Sancho, it's going to be very, very, very embarrassing for the club and fans will not be happy. I'm very, I'm still very confident it's going to happen. It's just not, it's just going to take a little longer than I thought it was going to, but there's rumors that it could be done by around the Europa League final time, maybe a little bit after afterwards, maybe it'll drag on until October. I mean, that's when the early October, that's when the transfer window closes, but I would love to see him in the team before the season starts on the 12th in September. So, which is a month away. So exciting yeah, stuff. We gotta, we gotta get this deal across the line because we need to do other things in the transfer window as well. But yeah, I mean, we took a, it's a step back a little bit, but yeah, we'll see what, what the upcoming days have, yeah, to, I mean, have to offer. Clear disappointment that the deal is not done. But, you know, you can't help but go back to the past of what happened with Usman Dembele with Dortmund and think that it's not going to happen here. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm convinced Manchester United is still going to sign Jaden Sancho. I'm, I'm, I know they have the funds. I know they have the pull. I know that they have agreed to personal terms. It sounds like everything is there. They just got to, you know, finish this hardball stage and just cough up the cash. And when that happens, probably soon. I would imagine it will be soon. Uh, and Manchester United's probably just, getting one hell they of a ball need, player. They need to do it because it's we're the only the only competition is ourselves for this player. Like that, Jaden Sancho or Borussia Dortmund will sell Jaden Sancho if they give if they pay the amount that they want. It's just as simple as that, and it's just like yes, Jaden Sancho is worth this much money. He's worth a hundred million pounds straight up right away, or hundred million euros straight up right right away. So. I don't know. It's frustrating. It's frustrating to be a Manchester United fan when it comes to transfers because it, last summer, the Wambasaka transfer took a month to do. Even the Dan James transfer took like a month to do. Harry Maguire took all summer. 
Bruno was supposed to be done, which should have been done last summer, but it took us the whole month of January to do him. We could have got him in before the Burnley game, before the Liverpool game. Could have gotten some better play or better, some more points maybe if we got Bruno Fernandes in, but they laid it to the last minute pretty much uh, for Bruno Fernandes as well. So they're, they're not great in the transfer market, but this deal needs to be done quickly because we have other things to do. But the thing is, are they going to spend money, more money after they buy Jaden Sancho? I don't know, because there's talks of maybe getting a center back or maybe getting a midfielder. We'll see. But, I mean, I guess we can touch on another thing. Jack Grealish is another target for us because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer really wants him. He's coming back from vacation in a week or two, and he's going to have talks with Aston Villa as well with their, with their board to see if they can maybe get that price down a little bit. I think they're valuing him at $70 million right now. And uh, that's that's too expensive for me for Jack Grealish. Yeah, I was I was gonna say that that's worth fifty a little much. He's worth fifty million tops to me, but yeah, Jaden Sancho is the priority. It's pretty much Jaden Sancho or nothing. I mean, I don't want yeah. any. I don't want any alternatives at right wing. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll have. I'm sure I'll have some words for you in a week if, if they don't sign him, and I'm sure you'll have some words of excitement if they do. So looking forward yeah, to Yeah, sure. yeah, I mean, I I can see this transfer saga lasting for a while now, but the most optimistic thing I can say is that maybe it can be done by the end of August. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, one can only hope. And uh I guess uh moving on from the transfer business, we'll go into a little bit to the end of our show. We'll go into kind yeah, of I the, mean, the deep depressing black hole that is football Twitter. Today I woke up to some absolute just obscenities, just slander, just disgusting things about Bruno Fernandez from Manchester United fans. Granted, it was a very, very small minority of people, but basically these small minority of Manchester United fans in quotes, like fans in quotes, they're saying that Bruno Fernandez is not the reason why Manchester United are where they're at. It's because they've gotten some guys back from injury and stuff. And uh, that he's overrated because he gives the ball away too much and when he's passing because his passing accuracy isn't up in the top, top of the league. And I'm just thinking, have you guys seen the league table since he's been signed? Like if you if the league started the day that Bruno Fernandez signed for Manchester United, we'd be top of the league. Second or third place for sure. Top, right? top. It's top of the league. I mean, granted, Liverpool played some meaningless games at the end of this of their season, but top of the league. Definitely, they'd definitely be up there for sure. I mean, yeah, I think they're like second or third, but like. Manchester United has been one of the best teams in England, and and for a little bit they were on form, one of the best teams in Europe on how they were playing. And right now they're they've hit a little lull in form, I guess. But yeah, I definitely think this is like I just don't understand this slander for Bruno Fernandez from some of our fans. It's just unbelievable. Like we would be mid-table if we didn't have him. We would just be Alexander Solskjaer would have been fired. Paul Pogba would be leaving. Jaden Sancho would not be a possibility at all. So I just don't understand where they're coming from. But just that people just have agendas in our own fan base because they're like, oh, we're, ta- we're talking up Bruno Fernandez. That must mean that we're talking bad or talking down on Paul Pogba or something like that because 
That's the, the it's a split opinion in a lot of players in Manchester United's fan base. Paul Pogba is one of those players. Marcus Rashford's one of those players. Martial is one of those players. Luke Shaw is one of those players. And now Bruno Fernandes is one of those players. Like even Harry Maguire is one of those players. Aaron Wan-Bissaka has become one of those players. People are just like, they, they, I don't know if they're watching the games at all or if they just look at stats and they just watch games or they just watch snippets or highlights or whatever. But it's just, I'm just shocked. Yeah. Some I mean, of, like with all this, with all this, like, like all the slander with Bruno, like if it's like all the stuff that you can slander him for, like the enemy team fans should be doing that. Like you can call him a penalty merchant, whatever. Manchester United fans don't care. He still scores them. You could call him. He loses the ball a lot. You could tell him he's, you know, not the most accurate passer. Okay. Have you seen his assists? Have you seen him, you know, how he's completely transformed their attack since he's been there? You know, I think it's like, you know, I don't have a lot of room to talk because I'm always going to be overly critiquing Manchester United as a Liverpool fan, but nothing to complain about for Bruno as I'm like, if I, like, if I was in your shoes as a Manchester United fan, uh, I think we'd be, uh, we're obviously on the same page. There's nothing to complain about with him. He's completely turned your season around. He's kept Ole's job. He's kept Paul Pogba at the club. He's kept them in the running for Jaden Sancho, you know, you know, he's, He's been pretty revolutionary. You know, he's gotten into people's team of the seasons and he was only there for since January. Like, you got to respect that. You got to respect it. And uh, if there's any hate coming from Manchester United fans, they're certainly not a real fan of the team. Yeah, I just there's just people that they, I think that it's like they have their favorite players and if they're not the ones being praised at 24-7 or – if somebody else is getting the praise ahead of them, they just freak out and they're just, they have to put down players or other fan or other fans for liking certain players or, or having favorite players of on the team, whatever. But it's just like one of the arguments was making is that he's too much of a risk taker and he needs to be taking those simple passes. I'm just like, are you even a Manchester United fan? Because that's what Manchester United is all about is taking risks. I mean, we had Cristiano Ronaldo on the team running at people, did he complete every single run when he was at Manchester no. United? No. We had guys like Ryan Giggs doing the same thing, running at people. Did he complete every single run when he was playing? No. I mean, it makes no sense to me. If I wanted to play, if I wanted to be a fan of the team that wasn't high risk taking, I would cheer for Man City and Pep with his ticky tock. Yeah, I mean, this this Bruno thing reminds me a lot of how I mean, Liverpool I, fans, or at least myself saw Philippe Coutinho when he was on the team. Like, yeah, he's going to take a shit ton of long shots. Yeah, he's going to dribble at people. Yeah, he's going to do all these crazy things with this flair that he does. But, like, he scores Try the killer pass. I mean – Yeah, like, he scores those. Like, you can't complain about it. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like – I don't know. I guess some of the things that I see from, like, a Liverpool perspective is sometimes – I mean, it's not even even a correct comparison because there's – you guys love this player, Mohamed Salah, but the same thing he does. Like sometimes like I watch him play and he's got a simple pass to just give it to somebody and they have a better shot, but he'll just take it himself or he'll try something special. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't work every yeah, time, was... but then when it does a bang, it goes in or it's just an insane moment. And it's like, yeah, we've got one of the best players in the world in our team. Mohamed Salah just, he's trying to do crazy things too. I mean, yeah, it might come off more often than, Bruno Fernandez, because just he might be a better player at the moment, but he, he's 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 a risk taker as well. So it's just like I just don't yeah. think fans. I just don't think some fans understand that 
in order to be an exciting, fun, attacking team, you have to have risk takers in your side to, in order to unlock defenses in ways that you wouldn't be able to imagine that they, that you could, because like, I don't want to go back to Louis Van Paul or Jose Mourinho where we're just passing sideways and backwards, just waiting for the perfect opportunity. And maybe we get one or two chances a game. Cause now with guys like Bruno and the team, we're, he's like, he's looking for passes and we're getting guys in, we're getting guys in, we're getting way more chances every game. So yeah, I mean, I figured you would agree with me on this, but I just wanted to bring it up because I just was like, I don't even know what's going on here. Because Yeah, I mean, touching back to the whole Mo Salah thing, uh, I definitely, like, agree with what you were saying. Like, Liverpool fans definitely can give him some slack for not passing it. But I don't remember exactly who I was watching, and I don't want to misquote who it was, so... I'll just say I was watching a YouTube video of some analysis where they're talking about their Premier League team of the season. And Mo Salah was included in one of the analysts' team of the season. And it was – the guy said that the main trait that he liked about Mo Salah was his selfishness, his willingness to shoot the ball. And, you know, how that would be an unpopular opinion with a lot of people because they want a player to distribute in the box. They want a player who creates as much pressure as Salah to be able to distribute it as well to set up his teammates for more and more goals. But I have to agree with this analyst. Most Salah's tenacity and, like, his way that he always has a nose for goal is why he's so effective. He plays at his best when he is simply trying to score goals. And that's why I love Mo Salah, because the man is a pure goal scorer. He makes chances happen. He gets in the box, and he puts the ball in the back of the net. It's just – it's pretty simple for me. It's cut and dry as a Liverpool fan. The man scoring insane amounts of goals every season, like multiple golden boots or in the race for golden boots or just whatever, like he's, he's there. He's doing the most. He's one of the best players in the world, one of the best players in Europe, and one of the best players in our team. Like he's – Deserves the respect for sure. And I think it was a great comparison that you brought him up in the similarity to Bruno with this uh, kind of Twitter, you know, fake fan, not fake fandom, but just kind of, I would say delusional fandom. Yeah, man. Even in Bruno's worst games for Manchester United, he's still, he's still scoring in the goals or he's still assisting. Still, still or knocking he's a still, pen in the top or corner. He's still creating or like winning, like creating these penalties that, Revel fans are crying about and I'm just sitting there just with a bucket just collecting all these tears because I love it I love the <laughs> fact that rival fans are just crying about VAR or penalty decisions for Manchester United because you know that means that we're on our way back because like I don't want to have sympathy or people be like oh I, I like these I, I like these players on your team like I want my I want Manchester United to have 11 players that everybody hates except for Manchester United fans. So it's just, it's, 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 mind, it's, it's mind boggling to me because Bruno Fernandes has become one of those players that rival fans hate because he's just producing for us. He's got that. He's, dude, he's, he's the reason us. why they hate him so much. He's, he, he's on the penalties and he's they'll making, say what they want about the pens. And he's got like the man's class. He's got a punchable face. People see that face. They see that smile. You see that meme on Twitter all the time. There is no need to be upset. And it's Bruno just smiling. Like, that's that face is just going to piss enemy, like, enemy fans I, off. The next, for the next, hopefully, two games, I want two penalties. Bruno, put them in. One nil. We'll take it. Rival fans crying. <laughs> don't care. But, Tears. yeah, I don't, I don't want Manchester United fans crying about Bruno Fernandez. It's ridiculous. But 
Oh yeah. I mean, well, I, I mean, I, I will be the first person to critique players on my team if they're not playing well. But even when Bruno doesn't play well, he's still producing. Like so, when he has the insane games that he does, and he's got two goals and two assists in a game or something that like that will come up. I don't want to see these fans that were slandering him just hop back on the bandwagon. It's like you got to be on the bandwagon. Like it's the Manchester United team is like you got to be supporting them at all times. Like yes, you're either in or you're not. It's like you got you like That's there's it. room for criticism when they deserve criticism, but as of right now, even with some bad performances in the last couple of games, Bruno Fernandez is still doing things to make the team win. So he doesn't deserve any yeah. criticism as of right now. Definitely. Well, I mean. If you want to stay on this topic at Twitter and move on, yeah, we I heard you found on. a pretty saucy tweet. You you found a pretty uh, saucy tweet for us for our Twitter moment of the week to cap things off. Twitter, yeah, you hit me with it. Yeah, so this is uh, from this Twitter account. I'm sure if you are familiar with like football Twitter memes or whatever, soccer Twitter memes. It's from this account, uh, Pogba Senior. His at is the salt is here. And uh, he touches on some of the some of the failures or some of the kind of the shrewdness in the worst way possible of Edward Wood in the transfer market. So this is how the tweet goes. Starts off with Edward Wood when he adds a Champions League bonus, like a Champions League winning bonus clause in the transfer fee of every player we sign. And then make sure her squad is never good enough to win the Champions League. And it's just a picture of like the stonks, like meme pictures. So visual meme stonks. Visual meme stonks. So I mean, it's funny because he's a Manchester United fan too. So it's funny, but I'm like, in reality, like I'm hoping Edward Woods not doing things like this to hinder our team. Like I don't want him saving money and not investing in the team to make us sure that we don't ever win the Champions League. But it's just funny because Edward Woodward, Ed Woodward is just – he's got a long way to go to get on the good side of a lot of Manchester United fans. So, I mean, I, lately I've been seeing things, like when things were going wood, people are calling him Don Woodward because he's saving money here and there. It's just like, you know what, just spend the money, please. Like, <laughs> I'm so sick of being stressed out about transfers that may or may not happen just because we have no idea – what this buffoon is going to do at the negotiation table. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a funny meme. It's, it's, it's good for a good laugh, but in yeah. reality, I, I mean, hope it's not true. I mean, if we're talking about a good laugh, I originally wasn't going to include this in the show, but I went back into the Twitter sphere and pulled it up because I just couldn't resist the delusions of Arsenal Twitter. I have to include it in the show as a tweet from at AFC Samuel, Arsenal fan, Arsenal Twitter. You already know what's about to happen. It's about to be something heinous. Let me get you this tweet right here. I'll try and describe it as best as I can over the audio waves. But I'll read the tweet out. It goes like this. It says, one decided to leave his club after his club won a trophy. And one decided to become a legend at his club after winning a trophy. A difference in class. The first player who left his club after winning a trophy was Eden Hazard, one of the most influential players in the Premier League in the last decade. Probably in and Premier the next one is in Premier League history, yes, for sure. And the player that they're saying is a club legend is Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who in his own right is a fantastic player. Uh, to be fair, he is. But they... 
one of the best strikers in the league, but he is. But is just he, imagine is he a where Arsenal legend? Um, well, probably is because just imagine where that team would be if they didn't have Aubameyang. Probably instead of being mid-table matters, they'd be relegation matters. So, well, I don't know, but yeah, I I agree. Just I, you can always feel better about yourself when you just like when I just saw that Bruno crap today. I can just go over. And just see Arsenal fans and replies of every single team. Doesn't matter what team you're talking about, there'll be some Arsenal fans in there hyping up their players saying that they're the best in the world or this is the best team in the world. So Yeah. yeah. They the Ar- Arsenal just needs to remember Aubameyang, like if you're gonna make these comps about Aubameyang, like I respect Aubameyang, I think he's a great player. He still hasn't heard the Champions League music at the Emirates yet. Yeah, for he's got the Europa League anthem and let me tell you, it's not as good. Not as good after watching a whole year of that yeah. game. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to include both of these tweets. I'll include it. I'll put it in a thread underneath uh, the Twitter, uh, like the, the tweet that I put out on the Dueling Reds Twitter so you guys can check them out. God, God I, hope some, I hope some English dude tweets at us about it. Because, I, so. I mean, we try to visual, visual meme as well as we can. I mean, hopefully in the future. I mean, it was a little dry this week, I'd say, on football Twitter. We didn't get as good as the one we got last week with Mark Goldbridge and some videos, but if we can get some good <laughs> videos in there, I'll try. We'll try to look for that. But yeah, I'll definitely include these tweets so you can see see just some of the some of the gold that you can find on here. But uh, yeah, I think that's about everything we wanted to touch on, really. So yeah, nothing else for me. Yeah. So if you want to say your socials, you want to say your Twitter, you want to say your Twitch. What do you? I mean, these you days? can follow me. You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my personal is at tht free jello kid. Probably gonna have to change that to make it a little more formal. I am twenty two nah, now. Nah. Like whatever. Who cares? Uh, you can follow me there, or you can just find my social links on the uh, Dueling Reds page on Twitter. And then, if you really do feel so inclined, be one of the real ones. Hop up in my Twitch chat. My Twitch is at low cost gelatin. Stream Overwatch. Nobody really likes that game, so I'll probably be getting zero viewers still, but I got to shout it out anyways. How about you, my man? Yeah, my Twitter's on there. Real Mad Ike. Let me just say, once I get better internet, FIFA 21 coming out, probably going to do a career mode series. It would be good stuff, but that'll be that's a, that's very far in the future. But, uh, yeah, I'm just saying for the people that we know, if you're listening, thanks for listening to episode one. Probably should be clear yeah, this in the beginning. We, we got some great feedback. We got some – I got some great feedback at least, and I got some, uh, I got some nice messages from people that, that tuned in. So, hopefully hopefully you're listening again too as well. So Yeah, thanks for the uh, continued support. And if you want to be a part of the show, feel free to reach out. If you got an opinion that you want to, that you think should be heard, you know, we're a platform for that. Yeah, I, honestly, so. I want I want some Arsenal fans on here just so you can defend <laughs> yourselves. But, yeah, I mean, we'll definitely get some fans on that are fans of different teams for when the Premier League is about to start up. So maybe we have some preview, um, preview episodes involving each team, try to get everyone involved. I mean, we, I mean, off the top of my head, I can think of a Man City fan. I can think of – Liverpool fan, we can. I mean, you could just talk Chelsea, to Chelsea, Arsenal, Arsenal Burnley. We can get some people. championship action with Stoke, Stoke City. Uh, I mean, we got we got a lot of we got a diverse uh, group of friends with different teams and such. So 
Wolves, maybe. I know so. I, there's a group of friends that I know that are, are becoming big Wolves fans that are probably massively disappointed that they parked the bus against Sevilla and <laughs> didn't even try to go win the game. But that's that's Wolves for you. But yeah, thanks for tuning in for episode two. Hopefully, it was better than the first one. We're still trying to prove or improve as well, as much as we can. I mean, we're still pretty new at this, but. Yeah, I mean, each week is a learning experience. It's a learning experience. I mean, we're kind of just—I don't know if we're going to stick to a Wednesday night recording before and into the Thursday for for good. I guess I don't know. It's just kind of working out that way. That was—that's how our schedule's been working out these first two weeks. Kind of. The season starts. I'm sure we'll figure something out. I mean, the season—I am thinking in the season, like you got the Premier League on the weekends, got Champions League on Tuesday and Wednesday, so you just finish that up on Wednesday after the last Champions League game of the week. And uh, just oh yeah, I was gonna that. say Europa League, but you ain't got to Europa League. I don't have to, I don't now. care about Europa League anymore. I mean, hopefully, I never see that tournament again in my life. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we'll touch on it because I mean, it's a Premier League podcast and all. I mean, we just need some, we just need some news from other teams to talk about. I mean, I'm sorry, I mean, yeah, I'm I more mean. inclined to talk about our teams, but you guys got to do some transfer business or something, or you got to be involved in these tournaments. I mean. Only two, uh, only two English teams left right now in European tournaments, and they, they hail from Manchester. So, I mean, it's uh, that's why we got a, it's why we got a, got a favorite or show uh, favoritism is not the right word, I guess, but you know what I mean towards these Bias. teams right now. Bias right now. But uh, yeah, if, if you're listening, and you want to come on, defend yourselves, or. Even attack us. Go right ahead. Tell us why we're wrong about certain things. We'd love, we'd love to have you on. So, just hit us up and uh, hope you guys, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Talk to you soon. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. Stay drill.